The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Vamos Marauders podcast. My name is Benton. I'm Zach. And we have a special guest with us today. Yes. We are joined by Camille, who if you have not seen, she runs the Angel City FC on film Instagram account, which me and Ben are both big fans of. Big fans, yes. Camille, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So Camille, I'm, I'm very excited to kind of hear about your 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 background you kind of taken a niche that zach and i have fallen in love with and you do a tremendous job and you get a ton of pictures so first thing i want to know about is how did you get involved in all this so actually angel city i was uh at the first ever meeting of the first supporter group like before the team was announced so i actually went to that meeting um the bring in wsl to la so that's how I got involved in the beginning. And then I stayed in that group and like the, the team was announced and everything. And I had no prior experiences uh, in supporter culture. So it was all brand new and um, a lot of learning experiences, I feel like. And yeah, and then naturally, I mean, I'm drawn to images. This is what I do um, for my job. So it's like I, I do, I produce... Um, short format or I work on commercials and production. So it's, it's just, it's something that is uh, in my life every day. And also that's something that I do as a hobby, like I make short films and all the likes. So it's like my contribution, the way I saw the supporter experience was um, you got to influence culture in, in many ways, but also just by making things and then from from that standpoint, the, those things being seen, you got to have kind of a say in the way the direction the culture is going for a team, which I thought was really interesting. And being there at the inception kind of gave me the freedom to be like, okay, so what do we want this group to look like? And what do we want to say about it? And what's the identity? And being able to help build the um, image that goes along with it is, was super interesting uh again to me and so yeah so i this is how i got involved with angel city at the beginning then you know it's like the as you know the relationship between the club and the supporters group is some is pretty tight so you get to know a bunch of the the people working for the team and you are usually in talks with the community part of um the front office so then from there on uh as the everything progressed I figured that I would love to keep continuing like making images around the supporters but also around the team and 
I've been into film photography for probably like a couple, three, four years. Like I, I, I went on a trip to Japan in 2019 and I bought like a little medium format there, the dual lens, like um, where you see like from the top and it's like a big square. Um, so I started doing that, which was such a different way to, to take pictures than doing digital. And yeah, it's always so, been- so much slower of a process, especially with the twin lens cameras. Yeah, well, that one was it's like it's been. <laughs> I actually just uh, brought it to the last game, and it's like there's a couple of pictures from the last patch. It's actually from that camera, which was a very interesting experience too. But so it's like from there on, I kind of dwelled into um, 35 millimeter during the pandemic, and so with that, uh, it just again, it's it's a very different way of taking pictures than than the digital does and so I was wondering it's like can I translate that into sports photography which I had never done before so it was all a very big test like the the challenge cup games were a very big test for that I was like okay let's see what is that gonna look like if I do everything manual with yeah with what I have like what what is that going to look like yeah I was curious um so do you use a manual focus camera for yeah. all of the yeah. um all the pictures because that's that is an achievement because like capturing <laughs> actually on the field action with a manual focus like I, I've tried a couple times at, at the games here and and like it is so hard to keep up and like with a zoom lens with moving players so I only have primes I am uh, okay. when I do games I only use a 400 and a 300 when I, I drink well I mean now that I have I bought a new body so it's like now I can have like a shorter um focal on one and then get the big like the long lens on uh, the other one but usually i do just a 300 or 400 and it's super old like they're very heavy they're just they were made in like the 80s it's just like it's such it's just like big old lenses that i can probably kill someone with one honestly this <laughs> is how heavy it is um so do you uh do you normally bring multiple cameras to the games or are you mostly shooting on a single camera? So I've, I've been bringing like a couple of different things. Um, I have a couple like toy cameras too. I have one that has like the three lenses so that does the 3D movement um, that I sometimes post on the, on the account. It's been like a, the first one I got had many problems. So I had to like switch it. But uh, so that I bring this one that's like, it's, it's just a funny little portrait one. And then I bring, I have a little Rolly um, 35S, which is like the smallest film camera that's ever been made. Uh, that's that, and that has only range focus. Like I can't, like I can't look through the, the finder to see, um, to just make the focus or just have to guess. So that one is also like a little, I would say more like toy camera that I can only use to do like supporter portrait to like people that I have in front of me that I can ask to stop and be like, okay, don't move for like two minutes and then I can adjust all my things. Um, and then I have two bodies. Now I have uh, two Nikons that I, yeah, I switch between the two, but it's like really recent. It's like the past two games, the first half we're only on a single body. One thing I appreciate about your work is that you, you do a pretty good job on capturing the supporter side of it. It seems like a very cognizant choice. And, and the fact that you've gotten to do so since the, the inception of your, your club and the founding of the supporters group is, is really cool. 
Um, like when you when you're going out and, and and shooting these, like, are you are you? What are you trying to like capture there? Are you trying to um, are you trying to like pres- preserve the history? Like, kind of what's what's your thought process when when snapping the different pictures, particularly of the supporters? Well, I think capturing, yeah, trying to keep hold of what the seasons feels like. I think it's like, it's a very big part of why I chose to do this. And I chose to also do film. Um, it's, it's, I think there's going to be a lot of us that are going to want to keep something out of this since it's the first season. It's like this, there's a lot of the, the, the feeling, the general feeling is very much that this is the first everything. This is inaugural season. So we get to experience everything for the first time. And I feel like that feeling you can't really bottle in any way. So in some part, I think film does capture something on the physical realm of like, oh, this actually happened in that moment, which I think the the digital work kind of fails uh, sometimes with that, just because it's everything is so uh, transient. It's just you... I mean, when I have photographers around me and this is what everybody does, it's like, I hear the shutters and it's like, <laughs> like, it's like, and if I'm lucky, I go and I'm like, and that's it. It's like, and then I can try to like go again um, as fast as I can, but it's, it's very much, it's not at all the same process. Um, and I'm not trying to say that one is better than the other. I think it serves completely different purposes. Yep. Um, I think the, yeah, I think, I think, with the supporters there's there was such um people were waiting for this for a very long time and i think that's the general sentiment is that in the la communities a lot of people were ready for this they just they they wanted a team they wanted something to get behind and i think the numbers that we've been pulling at the stadium are pretty a good testament to that it's just you guys uh, have been doing great this season attendance wise yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing, but it's also because there's this, honestly, it's like, it's a little indescribable. It's like, I love going to the stadium. It's just, it's such a, an amazing feeling to be able to be in that stadium and here. And then you have the supporters are really, I mean, it's a little cheesy, but the soul of this whole arena, it's like, I, when I go to the photo side, I uh, like to go down through the tunnel. I actually go under the supporters section. Like you literally walk under it. And I think like I filmed it once and I like t- took a, like a video because you could see a sign like going like um, <laughs> back and forth because this is how much it moves. It's, it's like, this is like a move, like an alive entity, like as a, as a whole. And I think trying to capture that and also like just the passion that everybody has to show up and be there and drum for that long. And I think it's like, everybody's trying to show up in different ways. I guess my way is to try to capture it. And then you have all the supporters that are just chanting, supporting and doing also many things in the community. So it's like, it's, it's trying to get like, yeah, kind of a marker of that. Now, what has been your kind of your, your biggest surprise in in this first season, kind of being really deeply involved in the NWSL and in in your club? Biggest surprise. Um, I mean, I guess we all knew this was we. It felt, you know, it's like again, there was like a lot of expectation and a lot of um, 
like a build up to it. And uh, the Challenge Cup was a little, it was just, the, the stadium was far. It was like a little anticlimactic. And then there was the opening game and the opening game just like, I think everybody was just blown away by the atmosphere and just the, the, the general, like just, there was part of the fact that it's finally there. We're actually finally in that yeah. stadium like a year and a half later. And so, the, yeah, it's like, it was really a, a very long buildup, but then it's like, yeah, I think that the surprise was mostly like, oh, wow, we're here and it's, it actually works. You know, it's like, there's also like a part of where I guess everyone is always like, is, are people going to come? Is it, is it going to be, is the, all the chanting going to go the way we want? Is mm -hmm. like, is the game going to go the way we want? And then the opening game was just like kind of a picture perfect opening for the team. Yeah, very very special day. I'm glad that you're able to you're you're there from the beginning to, to capture that that atmosphere and everything going on there. Have you uh, have you had an opportunity to go to any away matches yet? I'm not sure that I've seen any away pictures, but I didn't know if maybe I'd missed any. No, I have not. Um, I mean, I have a day job, which is also like kind of the problem. Is like as as much as I'm freelance and can have some take some liberties, it's also like going to an away uh, away game is a bit of uh i mean it's just a step i haven't taken the only place i That's went fair. to was for the challenge cup um to san diego okay but i mean it's something that i eventually i guess i'll do once mm -hmm. or twice it's just it nothing in the schedule made sense honestly to this year That's especially fair. for you guys i mean other than san diego all of the way matches are a pretty long trip yeah it's all like you know plane trip getting a hotel i mean it's like it's a whole a whole organization every time so yeah. so um i'm kind of curious so were you um were you like a fan and and following women's soccer before uh the team is was announced and and like if so do you how 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 did you get involved like with following soccer so actually not really um I'm French, so it's uh, back home. This is also part of just the culture and the identity, but it's men's soccer um, almost entirely. I'm a little ashamed to say that prior to 2019, I was not really aware we had like club teams for women, even like the national team. I think I had like some awareness that it must exist, but it's like, are we even that good? Or it's like, I honestly had no clue. And it just happened that I was in Europe um, I wasn't in France, but I was in Spain during the opening of the 2019 World Cup. And I was in a, on a job in a hotel. And so I watched the game. Um, and I guess that just, I was a little stunned um, by a lot of it. It's just like the display, the way uh, the women were filmed, the way like the, the dominating, I mean, that first game against Thailand was of the national team was just pretty amazing in, in many ways. And it's just, there was something very fierce about it. And so that kind of got me into a rabbit hole of like, oh wait, who are these people? What is this? Why I, I didn't really, it's not that I had not heard about it before, like because I can remember in 2015, actually seeing the, some part of the finale game, but it's just no real interest. And then after 2019, I just like really fell down a rabbit hole, mainly because as a creative, I saw that there was nothing made about it. It's like I, there was a void of content, which I thought was pretty incredible that it just 
it just was like I, I was trying to look for things to look for fiction to look for um any kind of documentary like there's little things here and there but I mean I have a vivid memory from my childhood of watching um this long documentary about the 98 world cup for the men and then there's like there's been programs that i've watched as a child about like the academies that they have for uh boys back home it's like a long series so it's like it's not nothing new and so things are, are being made so i was kind of expecting to see that for the women especially i saw after i saw the success of the national team i was like well surely there's something that's been made about this team that's going to give me like an easy access to who are these people and what are they do what they've been doing and when i started to discover that there was not nothing but close to it really honestly um then i just started to get interested and after the one i was also starting to get interested because they started talking about oh we have a league we have like you you can go see the games um on, on a regular basis not just for the world cup so i started also getting interested and i was like oh where's the closest team and it was utah and i was like wow this is like <laughs> like we're in la and yeah the closest team is utah i was like okay i mean sure so then i started watching those games um and just like you know fell in that more and more and until uh like I, I was totally planning to uh, go see a game probably in Portland um, in 2020 and then 2020 happened. Yeah. Uh, but We all had big plans for 2020. <laughs> right. It's like, I feel like everybody was like, and then I'll do this. Um, so yeah, so that was like my involvement. And then, yeah, I just kind of fell into it and fell into the supporter world. And, and that was it. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that's a pretty common path to following the nwsl that a lot of people take because i uh i th think the, the world cups really do generate a lot of interest and get like a lot of eyeballs that people from people that don't even realize that the club competition's going on and so um i think i think it's very good for the the league that that the world cups have have been so popular lately um do you have a so do you have a club team back in France that you you follow I mean not really I've I'm from Paris so I look at what PSG is doing um obviously uh Olympique Lyonnais especially after yesterday <laughs> so they're just I mean they're kind of the super team I feel like the league in in Europe well generally the leagues in Europe especially in France and other countries it feels like there's two teams that are really good and then everybody yeah. else is kind of trying to catch up so it's like I've I honestly have limited interest uh i do watch here and there but it's just not it's just the way it was done in france and maybe that's my own experience but i have like a part of my family that is obsessed with soccer it's like literally my whole childhood i can hear the champions league's music blasting from the next room um <laughs> but it was never something I was invited to. It was like always something that I was literally sent to the kitchen with my grandmother because there was another TV and we could watch whatever TV movie that was going to be playing at that time so the boys could go watch soccer. So it's like it was something that was very clear. And I don't think it's like done on purpose. It's just like the way the culture is over there. And I think it's changed. I know a lot of like a lot of my friends my age now will go to the games, are interested in men's soccer. though. No, it's like it's not. I don't know anybody that go watch the women. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, it does, 
it is kind of incredible, like following the European soccer, how, how quick it's changing. Cause it like, I feel like we have gone, especially, I mean, in England with them winning the euros this year, we, we've gone from like, you never heard of it to like, now they're getting a hundred thousand people at championship games. And I, I wonder, cause like for me personally, like my like big introduction to, I mean, soccer in general, but especially women's soccer was the 99 world cup here in the U S like, I remember watching the final to that. And that, that was what really got me interested. And so I am very excited with with some of the big games we've had lately in Europe, that there's a whole generation of people who maybe that this was their introduction to the game. And so I think, like, I'm very uh, optimistic moving forward about the game in Europe. Um, it's had a lot of growth exactly. recently. A lot of growth recently, but yeah, you still a lot, still a lot further to go certainly in the in the content department as well i've yeah. i was totally resonating with that not there wasn't much around so um kind of going back to, to your experiences in your club is there a particular part of the game day experience that you that you like shooting the most well we get in early um I get, get in early with the media and usually I try to get like in as soon as they open it. Um, and so there's always a couple of players that are just around on the field. And those are like usually fun little moments that when I, I got um, a picture of uh, June Endo and uh, Stephanie, whose name I'm going to probably um, completely mispronounce. So I'm going to not say anything, but Stephanie and June. <laughs> and I got this picture of the two of them just sitting in the in the seats like that are at field level. And those are that, those are like the tiny moments that are really fun to get because it's also like it's just before everybody does anything. And then they come back again and they uh, warm up. And that's also like a fun moment to get because it's it's the pregame you can feel like the moment of anticipation that comes with that. I think like those two little moments are probably my favorite to get at the games. Yeah, I love those those little moments capturing that. Uh, have you had any players take notice to to some of the work that you've been producing? Yeah, I mean they've all like um, most of them are actually like you know all following the account or asking for the pictures or like with there's been like yeah there's been exchanges like it's really fun it's really nice and as I'm I'm telling them like sometimes like can I share it? I was like yes, of course. Like just go. This is meant to be shared. It's like this is I'm I'm not doing this. Um, for, like I'm I'm not getting hired to do this. So this is like entirely just bonus for everyone. For me, for yeah. them, it's just like whatever you want to do with it. Um, I'm happy to send them and the pictures. And I've got a couple printed. Uh, DD the. Um, the keeper, she asked me for a couple prints that I, I gave her. It was it's just, it's, it's nice to have like, yeah, this moments of exchange after. And also she's a photographer too. So she's sensitive oh. to this, to the whole, yeah. That's cool. Process. Yeah, it's it's that, yeah, a passion project very much. I've, Completely, I feel like, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's really what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so how many, how many rolls of film do you typically go through on, on a game day? <laughs> I'm excited to hear this. Because so. yeah, I, I I try to pay attention to like, I mean, it looks like you usually shoot black and white in color on the same in the same game. So it, it, 
Yes. It looks like you're changing film <laughs> a decent amount. So I do from six, seven rolls to 10 is, is when I really am pushing it. Uh, usually I stay around eight. I try to like not go above eight. Um, I always do pregame. Pregame, it's like kind of my wild card. It's like I will use weird film. If I have some, um, I will, yeah, I will just try something a little different. I've used like some purple um, Lomochrome so that it turns all the green to uh, to purple, which was very fun. And I'm probably going to do it again film. before the end of the season. So there's that. I used the rainbow film for the Pride game. Um, I've tried like a couple different stocks that have worked more or less. Um, and then I will shoot the first half in color and the second half in black and white. Always for the same stock. I do. I use a Portra 800 for the first half and um, the T Max 3200 for the second in black and white. And that's been the same way since the first game. Yeah, that rainbow film stock's really cool. I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I've done, I've shot a little bit of the Lomochrome Purple um, at some racing and Louisville City games. Especially, it's really neat because the team color is purple. You you use this like um, you can get some pink tones out of it too. It's really neat to work with the team's color uh, combination with the with the pictures. I don't know. It gives like something really fun. And it's a little different. It's like, it's also like my, my, one of the concerns that I had coming in, never been like done sports photography was like, there was no way to rival with anyone um, that has been doing this for a long time. So that was never my intention, but I thought that bringing film into this, what's going to bring like a completely different point of view into that segment of photography that I had never done. So it's like using some, weird film on everything it's just I tried still try to keep adding like little new things to it just to bring you know it's like and also for me to make it fun and a new discovery every well I time. think that's it's one of the fun parts about film is like you can't you can't really change your sensor out on a digital camera but like with film because the film's your sensor you can have fun and experiment and and try there's you know lots of different stocks to turn um are so do you typically have you been developing your own film or do you take it to a lab i take it to a lab um yeah i've been like i'm a little scared of developing and i think on this project it's also like even more daunting that if i mess up i just i lose an entire portion of the game every time and since it's like i I do have a decent amount of usable picture every time, uh, which I'm really glad. Um, but it's it's too much of a gamble. Um, I feel like one thing that I'm looking at right now, and I'm not going to do it on this project, is getting a scanner and just getting the lab to process it, but not scan it, and then getting to just scan my own, which I think is going to be the next step for me with this. But yeah, not with it. The volume is just too much. It's just I don't have time yeah. to be. <laughs> I was I was thinking what you mentioned. You're going through eight to ten rolls. That's that's a lot of unless you get a very big. That's a lot of developing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and I don't have like a, a room here that is entirely dark. So there's also that part where I just it's just not practical. Yeah, I got one. I got one of the scanners just recently, but I'm. I'm not even shooting a, a roll match if that. I'm just kind of sporadically doing it. So I can't imagine trying to do it at your volume. It's a little bit of a tedious process. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, processing the pictures is already enough for me once I've received the scans and I go one by one to just yeah. like touch up the little things and put them a little straighter. I guess I get that's enough of a job, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I will say I have really enjoyed um, the animations you've been putting oh. together of like all of the pictures from one game. Um, those have been really neat. I have enjoyed those a lot on Instagram recently. Thanks. Yeah, no, those are really fun. It's also a big time suck, but yeah. it's, it was, it's, it's also like, it's another thing where I actually was, I had a little lull in my work schedule and that was also the same time we had no games and I was like, okay, so, and you know, you're scrolling through social media and that's something that's uh, a lot of people are doing right now, especially in the film community. It's actually, it's, it's pretty interesting once you start, like once Instagram starts feeding you all those hashtags, so you get like all that content fed um, to your timeline. And as I kept seeing this and I was like, oh, this is fun. I am actually, it's like, I wonder how that's gonna work. And the first video I actually made in Premiere, which was a big mistake. Um, it was just very tedious. And then I figured out if I put it in After Effects, it's actually gonna be really easy. And was the yeah that was the magic moment it just it's a lot of time on photoshop detouring but then once that's done it's like the superposition is actually a pretty fun and quick process yeah well i'm sure um when we post the, the episode i'll link to it so people can see what we're talking about but they're really interesting like you cut the players off from the backgrounds and sort of animate them with the backgrounds chasing it's very very yeah, neat those, yeah those um, are very cool now, um, do you have any any sort of uh, plan in place with all the pictures that you take from the first season, put together like a picture book or do anything special with them? Well, yes. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I have like a couple ideas of what I would like to do. Um, I'm still kind of presenting that um, and talking to a few people. I would love to exhibit, honestly. I would love to have... Um, kind of like a weekend exhibit of I just feel like there's so much emotion attached to this season for so many people because when people reach out to the account a lot of it is I they want to they want to get something like they want to get a picture or they want to they some have asked like if they can buy prints and it's I think people want to keep something out of it. I think there's like, uh, I think I'd, when the season will be over, there will be a desire to live in it a little longer. And I feel like doing some kind of event could be a good way to do that, to like give the opportunity to relieve some of it. So, I mean, I have a, a lot of different ideas of how to do this. And um, during the games, there's uh, Brett Watkins. He's, uh, he does Into the Polarid. He's uh, doing Polarid at all the games of uh, mostly um, the supporters and uh, the crowd. And it's just, it's really cool. There's a, there's a wall in the stadium with all the pictures from all the games that he has taken. And so we've been working together and trying to put together something uh, where we could put his images and mine, um, you know, in conversation. Also because it's all analog photography. So I think it's an interesting lens to see this first season through to have, um, just this different lore. And yeah, it's just like, again, it's, it's like it forces you to see things a little differently. So I just, I think it would be a, a nice way to put it all in perspective. And then, you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of way and I would involve the community with that. I think there's like, again, a lot of people that have a lot of 
um, things to say or reminisce about. And I've seen like a couple of people on Instagram post like something and in the text say why this moment was so meaningful to them or why, uh, like why coming to this game with their kid or with their parent or was, was such a, a big moment for them as a family. And I feel like it would be great to be able to also showcase that because we have a lot of those images between Brett and I, we have a lot of uh, those portraits. And I think it would be a really cool thing to be able to have people feel represented and um, yeah, and have a moment where we can just all like having this community all together reminisce about something that we've all lived through together. That's actually, that's a really, a really good lead into something I was considering asking. So do you, ha- is there a moment, like it's the first season for Los Angeles. Is there, is there a moment from this season that really like stands out to you so far? Like, do you have a favorite moment from, from the year so far? It sounds like the first game was very special. Yeah, I was going to say the first game. And I think, First game, there's been a couple things. It's been the first game. There's been the second sellout too, which, you know, it's like once you you reach um, mid-season, there's always like a little bit of a moment like, okay, now, well, how is that? And the fact that there's still that many people that show up. And I will say it's like, it's, it's such an interesting word of mouth. Um, obviously, I'm talking about it with everyone around me. It's like, it's a little, um, once you're in that kind of atmosphere, you kind of want to talk about it. And it's been a very interesting experience for me to have the experience reflected through someone else. Like I've, I've had a couple friends or a couple people that I've worked with um, that I've just talked to, like just said, you should come to a game, you should do it. And then they will text me and like, actually I'm here. I'm sitting in that section. It's awesome. I love it. And it's like, it's been such a, it's been such a great feeling to have like those moments of just talking to someone I guess with enough passion about like this event and then having those people actually show up and literally tell me afterwards, like it was so great. I'm like, I've emailed them about ticket, uh, season ticket for, um, for next year. And I was like, this is, that, that's what is so encouraging. I think, and, and so cool about this atmosphere. It's like people love it and then they want to come back. It's that's that. Yeah. That's probably been the favorite moment of just having this time just tiny little moments and also you know with the players I think they're so gracious all of them that to they come at the end of the game they go to the supporter section um all those moments between them when they do the chants um with the supporter section it's just it those are just very nice moments that everybody get to live together and I think all of those are probably the highlight it's not just one but it's hard to pick honestly (laughs) Seems like you guys have a really special atmosphere there with between the fans and the and the players and everything going on, which is really cool to see. I know for for racing Louisville, the our players have been very gracious with their time as well. So I'm happy to hear it's kind of happening at your guys' end as well. I think that's I think it's probably happening a lot of places in the NWSL, which I think I really enjoy that part. Something unique, you know. Um Yeah, I think this is a real, yeah, this is a real a real component of why this this something I mean I I don't have any experience going to men's soccer um, games so I can't really compare but I know that the, a lot of the feedback from the people around is that it this doesn't really happen with um, uh, male players it's just like with the women there's this sense yeah this of togetherness that I think is really nice of 
they're here on the field, but they're also here with us in, in some ways. And I think they really give back in that way where, I mean, after the games, they're down there for like half an hour to an hour, just signing everything that they can. Like I have pictures from the last game where I have the keeper like going up on some kind of little like, cart because to be able to reach someone or it's like, yeah, they will really go out of their way to just make sure that everyone has their moment. I like that a lot. Now, um, you know, on, on field, as far as your team's performance, have you been been pretty pleased with, with what you've seen so far in, in year one? I mean, honestly, yes. Uh, I... I'm not super attached to the results. I'm going to be honest. I mean, everybody, I'm, of course, I want them to win and I want them to have good games. Um, I'm also pretty uh, patient. I feel like this is an expansion team. In the history of the NWSL, I feel like it's been hard for everybody to just get in. And I mean, it's also, I mean, the, the players have been talking about it. It's just, it's not just whatever the happens on games day. It's just like, everything around it everything is getting built it's like mm -hmm. from where they're going to train where like everything is a work in progress and i feel like they've been doing a pretty good job with all the injuries and everything it's also we've been pretty unlucky yeah. <laughs> honestly so this is like there's also this this factor where it's like what else can can happen i feel like i i would i'd rather they build steadily and like get into you know, it's like, I feel like the, the coaching staff has a vision and they're trying to carry it out. And I mean, I like everybody you've seen the evolution. I feel like we were a way better team than we were in February, like in March when we started for the Challenge Cup. So that's all that matters. I feel like also this, like this, this other part of women's soccer is the supporters and the people going to see them in general. I think we care all a lot about... Um, the players welfare it's like it's it's like are they happy to play or are they playing in good conditions are is it like an environment that's just yeah just like um positive and and bringing them what they need to perform and i think it's like it i'd rather we hit all the spots on that first and then we get you know it's like i think it's the the results on the field will follow yeah Especially considering the, the the league's history on that front, it's definitely definitely I know on the forefront of a lot of people's mind who have been following the league more than more than a year or so. I'm glad that it sounds like your uh, all your players are are pretty happy with how things are are going there, and I wish everybody had your patience. <laughs> that that can be challenging <laughs> for some people. <laughs> I mean, and I get it. You know, it's like I see a lot of the chatter online. It's like also I'm not a head coach. Like, you know, it's like I. This is why you hire. It's like you know, this is the same thing that we have now on on any. I, I mean, it's historically, I think for head coaches, like everybody thinks that they could do their job and and they could like decide and they're like you should this person in. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't watch those players. You know in practice i haven't coached a team i have no idea what it takes and and what are the ins and outs of yep. why they're taking those decisions like you know i have to trust that 
you've been hired because you were good at your job. You know, it's like that, that you were hired by other people that vouch for you because you're good at your job and you know what you're doing. So I have to trust when I do my job, I don't want someone else to come in and be like, Oh, you should do it this way. It's like, yep. no, because I, if I'm doing it this way, it's because experience to back up yeah. my reasoning I- into <laughs> doing things a certain way. At best, we maybe know 10% of each situation. So I, I try to tread carefully if I'm ever trying to make any sort of commentary about what, what a coach should or shouldn't do, because I know I don't know all the facts, but a lot of people like to put that part aside, <laughs> pretend like they do. I've, I've been really impressed that uh, you guys and San Diego this season, because it's uh, we've been through it here in Louisville, but like it's so hard to build a team from scratch and start out um, and I think the California teams have been really impressive this season and like really getting the on the field play up to speed very fast. I think both, both you guys and San, Di- San Diego, it's been, I mean, it's about, about as good of a first year as you could ever really hope for. Cause it, cause you mentioned like in, in Europe, you know, there's usually at all the leagues, there's like one or two good teams and and they dominate, but like it, like the NWSL, which is top to bottom, like all of the teams are pretty good, and it's very very hard to win a lot in 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 this league. A lot of parity. Yeah. Yep. So. I mean, I'm and I'm really happy that we're competitive. Honestly, this is all. This is that was the main objective for a lot of people. It's just like, can we be competitive? And so far, we've been with a few hiccups. But it's just like we still we're still been pretty competitive and we're still like um, mid table I think at this point so it's it's I think it's a pretty good result for an expansion team. Yep, raising raising the bar on and off the pitch. Which I like to see it brings the whole league up. Yeah, that's I mean it's also about Angel City and uh, as a non sports fan like I guess. Um, as much as, as, I mean, I enjoy watching the league a lot, but it's, I'm not super crazy about sports in general. Mm-hmm. It's the f- fact that Angel City is also bringing a lot of off the field, um, just uh, adjust, not adjustments, but it's just, I mean, um, yeah, off the field mission and the purpose of the team. And, you know, they've been carrying it out too. It's like, I think a lot of people are waiting to see if it's going to be all talk and, so far, they've done a lot in terms of putting in the 22 program for uh, former players to get pathways into jobs and um, and education into um, yeah, trying to like get a new career after playing. They've done um, a pretty good job of finding avenues to um, remunerate their players better with like the sales from the the ticket sales that they they're giving back. Um, a portion of that they're paying them to do promotion they're like a lot of those things that felt like it should be this way as i feel like when when you think about it and when you think about it in any other industry i feel like mm-hmm. really you're being asked to do things for free just like oh yeah because this is going to profit everybody so you should just do it so i think they've, they've done a really good job of making um big progress in that sense with a lot of in, in in a lot of um, different places throughout contracts and everything yeah so it's like it, it, that was another big driving force honestly for my interest for this team it's like this is not just about 
they're going to play soccer and it's going to be fun and you're going to get to go into a stadium and have like two hours of people yelling at, at the team it's like it's it's also all the initiatives that are off the field and that they're bringing also the player in it and with with their own interest and yeah it's like it's just I find that very ambitious but so far I feel like they've been really good at fulfilling this ambition that's good now I I got to thinking looking through your pictures have um have you gotten to take any pictures at any sort of like away like watch parties that are going on any of the atmospheres there I took a couple of pictures, but usually I go to the watch parties only with the supporters group that I'm part of. So it's like we have like a couple of pictures outside. But we haven't really I haven't been to the ones that the club has been organizing. So I haven't really okay. been taking any pictures over there. I, I took like there's been a couple of events on the side where I took a couple of pictures. Um, at the beginning, there was like some drum circles when they were still uh, learning to drum and everything. So I covered a couple a couple of those. I think that we did it like a block party event at the beginning of the game. You're hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and it, that was a short one. You're lucky. Um, yeah, there was like a, a bit of block parties. Um, so I think I covered that one. I went to one of the pride um, pride parades too. Like I did a couple of those events uh, with the supporters though, not really with the team. Pretty cool. And since, I mean, the whole like ACFC on film, I try to stick to it as much as I can in terms of putting the content that only pertains to the team on that account and not like TV too much of, yeah. That's fair. Like Conscious the supporter choice. content. Yeah. It is nice to keep it. it to, yeah. Yeah. Like, again, the work that you're doing is, is, is really cool. I'm glad that we, I, I think, Zach, I think you were the first one that, that found it and you sent to me. You're like, you got to follow this account. <laughs> and I've well, and yeah, I've lost the content. So we both <laughs> we both got very into uh, there's a uh, analog football uh, yes. account that that we both got very into this year, and so like in Benton have started taking like a few um, like film photos games, and yeah, I, I found your account and forwarded it to him. And so, thank you so much for for your time and for coming on and oh, asking questions. Yeah. Yeah, no, analog football, they're really cool. They're actually French. Um, oh. I At the beginning of the of me doing this, uh, I got connected to them through another photographer and um, I talked to them and actually did a little like takeover. I think for the first game, I did like stories for them of just like being at the game with uh, with all the film and, and everything. And they're, they're really cool. And they have like this initiative where they had this... Um, partnership with the French government where they brought in um, young women and that were, they were interested in photography. And so there was like some kind of contest and then whoever won uh, got to be mentored and they're going to shoot the Olympics in Paris. Oh, cool. Oh, that'll be really cool. Oh, in two years, whenever that Olympics is happening, 2024, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, that was really cool. So they're like, they're doing really cool stuff. I really like this account too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a photographer, uh, David Burnett, that I really love. That um, I, it was. It's probably. I think it's the 2012 Olympics. He shot it on a four by five old press camera, and that was um, like. I guess the the thing that got me started shooting film was my my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago, and like uh, we were cleaning out 
his basement and he had like an old Graflex 4x5 camera that my family gave to me. And like I fixed it up and started taking pictures with that. And I found I found uh, the photo, the sh- like the series he did at the Olympics with the same camera that I had oh, wow. got. And I was like, I want to do more of this. So yeah, that, I think that will be really cool. That Shooting the Olympics on film, it, there's like timeless, very cool aspect to it. Yeah, that's the thing, right? With film, there is a timeless aspect to it where you, when sometimes you look at the picture and if it's blurry enough in the back and stuff, you're kind of like, it could have been taken 30 years ago. Maybe it was taken yesterday, who knows? And there's like this really cool part of it where you can just like, you don't really... You don't really know where you're at, but you just have this moment. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for giving us your time this evening. Uh, is there anything that you would like to, to plug, uh, like where people can find your work online and anything you want to show other than the ACFC account? Well, I mean, the ACFC account is my main, uh, my main project right now. So I would direct people to that. It's yeah. ACFC on film is, what I've been spending most of my time doing <laughs> so and yeah I know that that's that's the main project right now it's probably gonna only be this year because uh as I was saying you know, at the beginning uh, I filed all the negatives yesterday and I was like wow this is a little crazy <laughs> this, is, this is a lot of negatives it's a lot of binders uh, I just it it fits in one right now oh nice which it's yeah but it's for now we're hitting the hundred <laughs> like a hundred um little yeah i'm hoping to keep it in that um so yeah it's like it, it this is this is the big project right now hopefully next year there'll be something else that just can happen and i can just link it from there it's it's honestly it's a little it's funny i've never had any kind of following or anything on any accounts that i've ever, that i've had just because i've only been using mine my first one for my own pictures or anything so it's kind of interesting to have an account with a, a little number of followers that you can share things with and and get actual feedback pretty fast on it so it's like it, it's an interesting experience yeah there's definitely an appreciation for your work outside of just the uh, the la area and the and the angel city following it's really cool stuff so excited to, to share this with with more of the people within our, the racing community and I mean, I hope you guys are going to be doing more of it. Everybody should be doing films. What I'm saying, telling everybody, this, <laughs> so, this old go shoot film. I don't know if if you have noticed this at the Angel City Games, but there there has been a big uptick uptick in people with film cameras at the racing games. I've noticed just since the start of this year, because it was it was just me and Bitten uh, like earlier this year, but like. We had a couple big games recently and there were like four or five film photographers on the sidelines all at the same time. Oh, Our wow. Mission. Like actually on the, actually on the sideline, like really yeah. with, the, with the photo. Oh, interesting. I so see one other one. This one guy who's been doing, I think the San Diego one too, but he has the fully automatic everything. Yeah. But he shoots film. Exactly. We lost our niche. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> We're, we're not real photographers like, real well i'm not a good photographer but at yeah. least i'm the only one shooting film I'm like well don't have that anymore i gotta get better i guess <laughs> all about just you know burn through eight rolls and there's gonna be good pictures in there <laughs> yeah, at least so a few of those will be in focus for sure yeah i mean it's 
it's also finding, you know, it's like what was interesting at the beginning of this project is when I started talking about it, uh, as usual, I had a bunch of people being like, oh, like, really like doing film and then doing like using a manual camera and we're like, oh, you know, it's like people used to do that, but it's really not easy. It's like everything. I was like, yeah, I mean, I just try. I want to see what I can do or not do. And it's been interesting to first see that those people change their tone a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's like, again, it's like un until you try, there's no real way to see if this is going to be viable too. But also you're not doing the same thing. You're literally, I have to choose moments where it's like either I track the ball and I try to get them in action, like heading it or, and that is like, that requires to be a little quick and coordinated, but a lot of the moments too is the moments when they just stop and they're um, a stoppage like in, in the game or anything and they get to just get them in a moment where they're not in pure action. So you have to choose different moments to, yeah, to capture. Yeah, I like the selectivity you, about it because it, it it's it's more it's like it makes it really rewarding when you capture a good moment because you can't like you were saying before you can't do the rapid fire like all the other photographers are doing. <laughs> no, exactly. It's like and when I get I got one of Didi's saved uh, from early in the season and I mean it was pure luck. I was on the, on the other side of the of the field. It was like there was no way that I was going to get and I literally got as she had pushed a ball just with um, with her gloves. So it's just like the ball was just above goal and she was fully extended in her position. And that was, yeah, it was luck because I have one <laughs> exposure of that whole action. Yeah. So it's just- Camille, thank you very much for, for joining us. For those of you listening on Instagram, a ACFC on film. We'll make sure we plug a bunch of links so people can check out that work. Thank you again so much for your time. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you so much for having me. That was really fun. We'll be back soon with some more uh, episodes of the Vamos Marauders podcast. Zach and I, we have some, we have some fun ideas up our sleeves. That we have, we have some more fun interviews booked. So it, it has been fun transitioning this to more of an interview podcast than a recap podcast. I've, I've enjoyed that very much. So thank you all for listening. Appreciate your time. And we'll catch you back soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.